From WUWM, Milwaukee's NPR, this is Capital Notes, a podcast about Wisconsin politics and politicians. I'm Marty Michelson. Each week, I discuss noteworthy developments with J.R. Ross, editor of WISPolitics.com. Here's our latest conversation. So, Jr. the legislative lame duck session dominated the news last week. The Republican-controlled legislature passed a sweeping package of bills designed to weaken the powers of Democratic Governor-elect Tony Evers and Democratic incoming Attorney General Josh Call. Now, many eyes are on Republican Governor Scott Walker to see if he'll sign the measures. Walker is being pressured by people on both sides of the aisle not to sign the legislation and to think about his legacy and what message he would send. Tony Evers has made a personal appeal to him. So what is Governor Walker thinking right now? What factors is he weighing in making his decision? And do you think he's concerned about legacy? The thing here is, Walker has a power to use his partial veto authority, so he could sign the overall bill, but then strike out some provisions that, you know, or even try and fix the language if there's a problem. And that's we just we just don't know if where he's at, if he's looking at signing everything, if he wants to make some changes or, or whatnot. And as far as the pleas for him to veto things, I, I don't get the impression that Tony Evers has a lot of pull with Governor Walker right now. Yes, Evers can talk about Walker's legacy or about the powers of the office, but really, it's not like they're. Uh, very close right now, if you will. So I don't know if Evers' pleas are going to make much headway with Governor Walker. It's more a question of, you know, I think Walker wants to make sure some of the the changes Republicans made over the eight years he's in office remain in effect, much like the things with voter ID or or work with programs for some well work requirements for some welfare programs. But we'll see on the nitty gritty where Walker ends up. Also last week, Governor Walker hinted that there may still be a chance to save the Kimberly-Clark factory near Appleton. Walker wanted the state Senate to vote on a $100 million tax incentive bill during the lame duck session, but Republican leaders in the Senate couldn't muster enough votes for it to pass. The company says that without the incentives, it'll close the plant. Walker tweeted on Friday that he's trying to figure out other ways to keep the factory open. What are those other ways, and why is it so important to Walker to save these jobs? Uh, more than likely, what he's talking about is doing something through the Wisconsin Economic Development Corporation that doesn't require legislative approval. Senate Majority Scott Fitzgerald uh, told us middle of last week that Governor Walker has instructed Mark Hogan, the Weedix uh, CEO, to look for a package that could, you know, help Kimberly Clark stay in Wisconsin. Now. Weedick is not commenting and they're not telling us any details about what's in there or what they're talking about, but that might be the route he's talking about. You know, as far as the jobs, I mean, Governor Walker made a pledge they're going to try and save them, so he's trying to follow through that pledge, it looks like. It still is an option, to be quite honest. Roger Roth from Appleton, he's a senator up there. His, his district includes the plant slated for closure that would be helped by this package. He says he's still working to try and get votes, and the extraordinary session has not been adjourned, so they could come back and do it if they wanted to. I just don't see the votes there, though, to do it, so... The best option looks like trying to find something that WIDA could do that would help the company. The UW Board of Regents met last week and signed off on millions of dollars of tuition increases for out-of-state and grad students at UW-Madison over the next two academic years. Governor Walker was known for his tuition freezes. What do you think incoming Governor Tony Evers' position will be, and do you think he'll include the tuition increases into his budget in February? And if he does, will the GOP legislature approve them? You know, if people come out of state are going to get charged more to come to Wisconsin to go to school, I don't think people have a problem with that. 
And the question for Evers becomes, you know, he talked about wanting not just a freeze tuition, but even like lower tuition, but doing that would require more state aid uh, to get it done. Can he find the money to do that? Will it be something he says that he wants to do, but just not in this budget? I mean, there are all kinds of questions like that we have to watch to see where does this thing end up. Um, at some point, you know, it's kind of funny, talking to Republicans, they would tell you quietly, at some point, they have to allow tuition to go up. You, you just can't keep it frozen forever. You, you just don't want to be the people who want the ones who raised it. So who's going to be the one that's going to say, okay, it's time to raise tuition and, and change the dynamics that's been going on for the last, you know, six to eight years now? And finally, getting back to the lame duck session, one item that didn't make it to the floor was a bill that would have moved Wisconsin's presidential primary date in 2020 from April to March. The bill drew a lot of media coverage, including when Senate Majority Leader Scott Fitzgerald admitted that such a move likely would help Governor Walker's appointee, Conservative Justice Daniel Kelly, win election to a 10-year term. By proposing the change, did Republicans inadvertently signal that Justice Kelly is vulnerable, and might we see a wide field of candidates running for his seat in 2020? Oh, I mean, he was going to be vulnerable no matter what if, and here's the big if, there's still a contested primary for president on the ballot um, in 2020 come April. I mean, the reality is it's entirely possible that Democrats could have resolved their nomination fight before the race rolls to Wisconsin. It's not much big of a deal. But if that race was going to be there, that is an issue for Scott Ke- uh, Daniel Kelly, I'm sorry, to have you know Democrats probably having a, a re- bigger reason to turn out and vote in April than conservatives do. Now, there are several things to kind of keep in mind. One, there's a Supreme Court race this spring with Lisa Neubauer and Bright Hagedorn. Uh, Neubauer's ver- you know, both of them are appeals court judges. Neubauer is ver- viewed as the, the left of center candidate, Hagedorn the more conservative one. He also was a legal counsel for Governor Walker. Liberals have to win that race in April to keep the conservative majority at 4-3, which then makes the Kelly race all about control of the court. If Hagedorn wins, the Kelly race is kind of a moot point because they have a, a seat to give, if you will, that wouldn't change the outcome of the balance. But if Neubauer wins, then spring 2020 becomes about all for all the marbles. Then you have to ask, okay, will the Democrats still have a contested primary come April for president? Will Donald Trump draw a Republican primary challenger that could goose turnout on the conservative side? Oh, no, by the way, if that race in 2020 is really all about control of the court, you can bet conservative groups that traditionally play in races will go open their wallets wide to try and help Kelly. I mean, it's not like he's a just a lost cause no matter what. It's just that those dynamics about what's going to look like on both sides of the aisle, um, you know, who's going to come play, who the candidate is, because don't forget, you can't beat somebody with nobody you have to also have a quality candidate to face him. So there are a lot of caveats to that whole dynamic of how vulnerable is Daniel Kelly, you know, a year and a half out from his election. That's WISPolitics.com editor J.R. Ross. You can join us each week for our conversations. And if you haven't done so already, subscribe to Capital Notes on iTunes, NPR One, or wherever you get your podcasts.